Testing. One, two, three. I don't think this... Is this thing on? I don't think this thing is on. Can anyone hear me? Good, you can hear me. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Hello, Dr. Nigel Channing here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our annual open house. It is my pleasure to have you here, just as it is your pleasure to be here. For over a hundred years, the Imagination Institute has honored the world's leading thinkers, dreamers, and innovators with the Inventor of the Year Award. This year's recipient, Professor Wayne Zielinski, holds patents on numerous unique, one-of-a-kind inventions, including the hands-free phone helmet, the hands-free personal grooming helmet, and his newest creation, the video camera helmet, which, if I'm not mistaken, is also hands-free. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hey there, all of you Disney fans, and welcome back to another magical edition of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. I am your host, Jonathan Johnson, and this week we are looking at life from the size of an ant as we have Thomas Brown, who played Russell Thompson in the hit Disney live-action film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, stopping in here at the show. Thomas is going to stop in, discuss working on this Disney classic from the team that created it, his fellow actors, and what it was like to be part of one of Disney's last big-budget films to use oversized props, animatronics, and more on the set. He's also going to talk about what he's currently working on, his newest projects, and what he's up to today. In addition, we have the lowdown on the most recent Disney Entertainment news, Blu-ray and DVD releases, and more. There's another winner for the Disney On Demand Blu-ray giveaway, and all kinds of Disney tunes from the movies and parks that you know and love. So before we jump into the shrinking ray, I want to mention that Disney On Demand is brought to you by DisneyBlue.net, where you can get the latest in Disney Blu-ray releases and enjoy our world-famous Listen to a Disney Movie Player found right there on the homepage, and that's exclusively at DisneyBlue.net. And Disney On Demand is also brought to you with the help of SR Sounds. At SR Sounds, you log on and leave it on and get all the Disney music all day long at srsounds.com. And SR Sounds is sponsored by Magical Journeys Travel. At Magical Journeys, you can book your trip to the Disney resorts, your magical destinations, and more at yourmagicaljourneys.com. So without waiting any longer, let's get into that shrinking ray, fire it up, and let's kick off this week's Disney On Demand. Catch you in a little bit, Disney fans. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com In laces, a permanent box at sheep's head races, a porcelain tub with boiling water, a Saturday night with the mayor's daughter. Look at me, I'm the king of New York. Suddenly, I'm respectable, staring right at your lousy good stature. Nothing with all the muckety mucks, I'm flowing my dough and going deluxe. And there I be, ain't I pretty? It's my city. Cause that cost a quarter And head to this desk for the stolen border Tip your hat, he's the king of New York I'm the king of New York Need nothing but 
Demand. Scots, stamps a toast to this night. The outlook is rosy. The future is bright. Our children will marry. Our kingdoms unite. Scots, scots, scots. told me about it a million times. All right, just hear me out. The point is, Coach put me on these babies. You know what happened? I put on 20 pounds of pure, unadulterated, blitz the quarterback and rip his head off muscle wrestle. Now, I'll make you a little bet. If you work out for three months, you will be throwing farther, you will be running faster, and you will be hitting harder than anybody else on that team. The weight's on my thing.
Disney fans, I'm back, and this week there is all kinds of fun happening in Disney Entertainment News. Now, to start it off, the most talked about the World of Color show at Disney's California Adventure. Now, the much-publicized plan is to rev up sales by the opening of new lands like the Carland in 2012, the opening of Toy Story Mania has already done that, and the show itself debuted this last week. It has been on the drawing board since 2005, and it's inspired by Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color TV show, which aired in the 1960s and was an extension of his Walt Disney Presents anthology series. Now, the theme park show was conceived as a living fantasia, as they put it, using music, animation, color, light, and water. As the Walt Disney Imagineers put it, one of our goals was to use incredible technology, fountains, lasers, fire, and integrate animation and music to it, take audiences on an emotional journey. And that was spoken by Steve Davison, show director and vice president of Parades and Spectaculars for Walt Disney Imagineering. The secret to the world of color is to create a kind of ice skating effect. It has to tell a good story and seem effortless while doing it. Now, I feel that this is the perfect addition, and it is huge on a football field-sized lagoon called Paradise Bay. And that bay wasn't being used for anything since the California Adventure originally opened its doors. Now premiering this last Friday on June 11th, they are drawing crowds into the parks by the masses as Disneyland and California Adventure is going to have the wonderful world of color. Now some of these massive crowds always tend to go over to the nightly fireworks over at Sleeping Beauty's Castle at Disneyland, which take place near the same time as the world of color. So what they're trying to do is offset this and have people at the Disneyland Resort go to both events simultaneously. Now the 25 minute running time is very long, but it is entertaining, much like Fantasmic. There's all kinds of movie snippets and a lot of heavy mermaid action, considering the Little Mermaid attraction will be found there very soon as they finish building that. But there's all kinds of great stuff, including a fantastic montage of Disney tunes that's played to the song So Close from the film Enchanted. Now, overall, the show is breathtaking, it's worth taking in, and what adds to this breathtaking spectacular is the pre show much like Fantasmic, and the pre-show has a massive, lit-up version of Tigger, Genie, Sebastian, Lumiere, and Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc., and they warm up the crowd with their silly dance numbers. Now, Disney is planning for the show to gather an audience long before its start time, and it's aimed to keep them entertained throughout the entire pre-show and the entire wonderful world of color. 
Now, I am excited for this. I think the enthusiasm is going to keep it coming, and I think it's definitely going to be a much-needed boost in numbers for Disney's California Adventure. Now, moving on from the world of color to the wonderful world of Oz. Now that Alice in Wonderland is done successful, everyone is hot on the reboots, and one of those is The Wizard of Oz. Now, several different studios have Oz-related projects in development, but one of them that everybody is interested in at Disney is coming to Sam Ramai. Yes, the New York Magazine says that the Spider-Man director has been offered Oz, the Great and Powerful, Disney's prequel, which is gonna tell the story of how the wizard came to Oz and ended up ruling in the Emerald City. It remains unclear on whether Ramai actually wants to do the project, but he has been approached, and he has several different projects in the works right now for Warner Brothers, including the World of Warcraft game. Oz, it seems, is a perfect fit for Ramai to play around in, and I, for one, cannot wait to see Ramai and him coming up with the Oz Great and Powerful. And might I add that the Blu-ray edition and the box set of the original MGM classic, The Wizard of Oz, is a must-have. I repeat, a must-have for movie buffs as well as one of the best Blu-ray high-def exclusive classic film transfers I have ever experienced. I gotta say, you have to pick it up. So let's move on from the movies for a minute to some of Disney's young and upcoming stars. Yes, I won't forget those younger stars for all of you younger Disney On Demand listeners. And 17-year-old artist Selena Gomez announced in May that her new release single from the scene and herself is gonna debut on June 18th on Radio Disney. It was also announced that the single would be up for iTunes download on June 21st. Now the music video for Round and Round is going to premiere on the Disney Channel on June 20th at 8.25 Eastern Standard Time. And also she is shooting the video while shooting for her upcoming movie Ramona and Beezus starring Joey King, Sandra Oh, and Selena Gomez. Now Selena is originally from Grand Prairie, Texas and she got her start on the TV series Barney and Friends. From then on, Disney discovered her in a Disney scouting casting call and from then on, she has had her road to fame in Wizards of Waverly Place and all over the Disney Channel. Now her last big hit with the band The Scene, Naturally, spent 122 weeks, that's 91% of the year in the charts according to the US charts. It peaked at number seven in the charts in the United States, but come on, as much as even if you don't listen to her music, that's impressive. 122 weeks, that's almost all year that song was in the charts. Now, finally, let's get back to some Disney movie news with Disney's Tangled. And we are going to have Alan Menken here on Disney On Demand when Tangled gets closer to release. But Disney is definitely trying to get boys to get involved in the Tangled film. Now, Disney really did flop when it came to promoting The Princess and the Frog. And Princess and the Frog is a great film on all levels. For boys, for girls, you name it. Princess and the Frog was definitely a great film, but they did put too much of a princess spin on there and a lot of young boys aren't going to see it. Well, they're taking a different approach with Tangled. Entertainment Weekly definitely has pointed out that it seems that when they're promoting it now, they're focusing more on comedy and adventure. And it certainly seems that Rapunzel is not your average princess. And I also feel that this is the reason why Disney has changed the name to Tangled. But you can look for it coming up very soon. There's trailers and teasers all over. And this is a computer CGI animated film. Many think it's hand-drawn. It is just hand-drawn digitally. Slightly different. But let's just say, I think it's going to be a good film. And I think many boys out there, or parents of the young boys... Let him sit through Princess and the Frog because there's a lot of great aspects to it for a boy. Come on. Dr. Facilier, Louis the Alligator, great characters, and it's a great story. 
and it seems Disney has taken that different approach this time with promoting Tangled. So Disney fans, that's it this week for Disney Entertainment News on the Lowdown. So why don't we take a break, spin some Disney tunes, and get ready for our guest, Thomas Brown, Russell Thompson from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, stopping in in just a few minutes. So I'll be right back, all of you Disney fans. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all Disney music, all day long, srsounds.com. On Demand with Jonathan Johnson. Ooh. Dibs. On Sorcerer Radio. Okay, I'm convinced. SRSounds.com. A 
British bank is run with precision. A British home requires nothing less. Tradition, discipline and rules must be the tools. Without them, disorder, chaos, moral disintegration. In short, you have a ghastly mess. I quite agree. The children must be moulded, shaped and taught that life's a looming battle to be faced and fought. In short, I am disturbed to hear my children talking about popping in and out of chalk pavement pictures, consorting with racehorse persons, fox hunting. Yes, well, I don't mind that quite so much. At any rate, it's traditional. But tea parties on the ceiling? I ask you, having tea parties on the ceiling? And highly questionable outings of every other kind. If they must go on outings, these outings ought to be fraught with purpose, yes, and practicality. These silly words like super, 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 super califragilistic expialidocious. Yes, well done, you said it. And popping through pictures have little use, fulfill no basic need. They've got to learn the honest truth. Despite their youth, they must learn about the life you lead. Exactly. They must feel the thrill of totting up a balanced book, a thousand ciphers neatly in a row. When gazing at a graph that shows the profits up, their little cup of joy should overflow. Precisely. It's time they learned to walk in your footsteps. My footsteps. To tread your straight and narrow path with pride. With pride. Tomorrow, just as you suggest, pressed and dressed, Jane and Michael will be at your side. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. I don't think we're in the food chain anymore, Dorothy. Come on, Ron. We're gonna go with them. What? You let a girl tell you what to do? Mm. Look, Ron, down here you're gonna listen to me. From now on, you're gonna do what I say. Run! Great Sir Russell Thompson stalking the rogue butterfly. Get off, Ron. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com. Stop your crying, it'll be alright Just take my hand, hold it tight I will protect you from all around you I will be here, don't you cry For once so small, you seem so strong My arms will hold you, keep you safe and warm This bond between us can't be broken I will be here, don't you cry Cause you'll be in my heart Yes, you'll be in my heart From this day on, now 
understand the way we feel They just don't trust what they can't explain I know we're different but deep inside us We're not that different at all And you'll be in my heart Yes you'll be in my heart From this day originally from the new Mickey Mouse Club. You might remember the party. This is Disney On Demand. Alright, so I'm back and let's jump right into some Disney DVD and Blu-ray releases as we have Thomas Brown stopping in very shortly here at the show. Now it's no secret that I'm a fan of the Black Cauldron and like I said before, I still suggest that all of you read the children's books. But anyways, Amazon.com has placed a Black Cauldron 25th Anniversary Edition up for pre-order. Now the Black Cauldron 25th Anniversary Edition is going to arrive on DVD on September 14th and that's going to be listed at a $19.99 suggested retail price. Now this is going to have a long overdue 16 by 9 enhancement new extras including a deleted scene called the fair folk and the witches challenge game now you're already going to enjoy the three carried over extras from the original black cauldron dvd including the quest for the black cauldron game donald duck and his nephews in trick-or-treat and a still gallery now this is coming up very soon in time for halloween in september so i suggest you pre-order it and get on this one because it is definitely a grab for you on dvd now also coming out on that same day on dvd and blu-ray is the special edition james and the giant peach now this is coming out at the same time as the black cauldron now this is going to be coming out with all kinds of extras and fun from james and the giant peach now also coming to blu-ray is disney's ocean the second north american theatrical release in the disney nature documentary series now this has been scheduled for an october 19th re-release 
on Blu-ray, and it's going to include the Disney Friends for Chains, Make a Wave music video, and featurette, Disney and Nature, Preserving the World We Share. Now, also coming out is Disney Nature's The Crimson Wing, The Mystery of the Flamingos. So that's actually it for your home movie viewing. So I'm just going to jump right into this week's winner for the Disney Blue Disney On Demand Blu-ray giveaway. And this week's winner is Thornton Hacker. Congratulations. We'll contact you once your show has ended to get your prize out to you. Now, if you want to find out what we're giving away this week, definitely visit our Facebook page where we post all of our contests at facebook.com slash Blue. Now, as we draw closer, Disney fans, to Thomas Brown stopping in, let us go back to that glorious time of 1989 once again. All right, that seems kind of crazy. Two weeks in a row, we're hitting up the late 80s and early 90s. But anyways, let's shrink on down and go back to 1989 with the Disney blockbuster hit, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a 1989 comedy film, and it was the directorial debut of Joe Johnston and released through Walt Disney Pictures and Silver Screen Partners 3. Now, the film tells the story of a professor who accidentally shrinks his kids and his neighbor's kids to one-fourth of an inch with his electromagnetic shrink ray and sends them out into the backyard with the trash. Now, Rick Moranis stars as Wayne Zielinski, the professor who accidentally shrinks his children, and Marcia Strassman plays his wife, Diane, the honey, in the film's title and the titles of the sequels and the Disney Parks attraction. Now, Matt Frewer, no stranger to Disney, part of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and the Hercules series, and Christine Sutherland play the Selinsky's neighbors, the Thompsons. Now, Walt Disney wanted to make a film that dealt with shrinking for quite some time, and the film was originally written as Teeny Weenies. Now, after Teeny Weenies seemed to appear more to a children demographic, the name was changed to Grounded to have more of a mature audience, and later it was rejected to the big backyard, and that was chosen. Then later, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the line stated in the film, was finally chosen for the last name. Now, the film heavily was influenced by 50s films like Attack of the 50-Foot Woman and The Incredible Shrinking Man. Now, the plot itself is very simple. Having problems at home with his wife, the nutty inventor, Wayne Selinski, created an electromagnetic shrink ray. While at work, his neighbor's son, Ron, hits a baseball into the Selinski's attic window and starts the shrink ray, which Wayne thought was broken. Now Ron and his older brother Russ, Thomas Brown, who's going to be stopping in here shortly, and Wayne's children, Amy and Nick, are shrunk by the shrink ray while trying to retrieve the baseball. Now the baseball's presence in the machine acts as a filter to the machine's energy supply, resulting in the releasing of just enough energy to shrink the kids without causing them to explode. Now, the film itself deals with many personal issues as well as family fun. Your typical feuding neighbors, kids not getting along, the topic of dating, and finding out how to stand up and take control. Now, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids opened on June 23, 1989 to a total of a 1,498 theaters. Now, the film opened at number two on opening night just behind Batman. Come on, you can't go wrong there. Batman was an awesome classic in 89 anyways, with a total of 14 million plus. Now, the film earned a grand total of over $130 million domestic and $92 million overseas, earning a grand total of $222 million. Now, attached to the film was the Roger Rabbit short, Tummy Trouble. Now, after years without releasing James Horner's soundtrack to the film itself, Intrada Records released it on March 6, 2009 with a limited 3,000 copy release. So hopefully you were one of the few that got that soundtrack. I know I was. 
Now with the success of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in 1992, Disney released the first sequel, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, with Rick Moranis reprising his role as Wayne Zielinski. And as the title suggests, Wayne succeeds in enlarging his two-year-old son to a gigantic proportions as one of his size-changing experiments goes awry. Now a three-dimensional film called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was completed with physical effects as a three-dimensional interactive show at Walt Disney World's Epcot in 1994, and it was later installed at Disneyland. Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. Now the attraction itself is set in the mock award ceremony of the Imagination Institute. It's intended to honor Zelensky as the inventor of the year. Instead the audience is shrunken and threatened by a giant dog, a python, a giant woman, and even a six-year-old. Yes, among other thrills. Now the attraction reprises most of the original cast and adds Eric Idle as the host of the awards show. Now, Disney also produced Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves in 1997 as a direct-to-video release. Not the best one in the series. Not at all. But only Rick Moranis reprised his role in the film. There are a lot of new characters and even some people that would go on to do better and bigger things, including Jenny Zielinski, who is Wayne's niece, played by Allison Mack, and a friend, Mila Kunis, who would go on to that 70s show and other films. Now, the last incarnation of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise was the television program Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Now, Peter Scolari, who many may remember from Booze and Buddies, took over as Wayne Zielinski, and the show's plots involved other wacky inventions that Zielinski created, often causing all kinds of things to go awry throughout the family. Now, this was just a simple, family fun, weekly adventure from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All in all, I believe Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is true Disney live action. It's family fun, it's fun to watch, and it deals with all kinds of minor life issues, and in the end, you leave it feeling pretty good. I do suggest to pick it up on DVD because it is very hard to find right now, or get it on your Netflix, you name it. Just add it to your collection, introduce it to your kids, because it is a great family classic. So, Disney fans... With that said, I have none other than Thomas Brown here on the line, Russell Thompson from the film Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So before we head off to talk with him, here are some Disney tidbits, some tunes, some bites, and enjoy them. And when we come back, we're going to have Thomas Brown from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids here on Disney On Demand. So I'll catch you in just a bit, Disney fans. Don't shrink away. Log on, leave it on. Sorcerer Radio. SRSounds.com.
Disney on the demand with your host, Jonathan Johnson. How the hours fly 
moon drifts by How sweet the air As we stare at the sky Oh, how I love to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two on the front porch with you. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, open the window to your dreams as Disneyland proudly presents Light Magic. As an inventor, Wayne Zielinski was used to striking out. Come on, shrink. But now, it's a whole new ball game. The machine works. Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's 
great. Yeah, it's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. What? And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. They're in the backyard. What? Threw them out with the trash. The adventure of their lives was right in their own backyard. Be careful. I'll tell you, their size. My backyard is like 10 miles. Huge insects. It's a jungle out there. From the Disney Studios starring Rick Moranis. Are you saying that that machine blew, blew up my kid? Oh, no, 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 no. If no, the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Okay. Ah, it's Report the missing children. Oh, there must be some mistake. Ours are in the backyard. Right, honey? The box office smash comes to the Disney Channel this September. Ah! Daddy! Daddy! Honey, I shrunk the kids. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, we are back once again with another installment of Disney On Demand. And continuing with the Disney live-action classics, the things that I think bring families together, we have a very special guest here this week with Thomas Brown. You may know him as Russell from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. How are you, Jonathan? I'm um, doing great. You know, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is one of those films that, uh, you know, I remember seeing it, and it's just, it was almost like the rebirth of the Disney live-action family fun film. But uh, I guess getting to you, you know, you started television at a young age, you know, uh, St. Elsewhere, uh, in television movies, you know, acting is something uh, that's been part of your life. Is that something you always wanted to pursue? And I guess, how'd you get started in the business? Well, I guess you could... Um well, my, my mother and my family would say I've always been pretty dramatic anyway. So that would be probably that, that little ingrained thing about me. But in general, um, I just sort of, uh, in the film industry, Silverado, which was my first film, um, was filmed in New Mexico with Larry Kasdan. And that was my first, uh, I, I got, grew up on a ranch, uh, knew how to ride a horse. It was a western. Everything kind of fit together at the right time for me, and it was a great opportunity. And um, I, once I got the bug, I said, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is fun. So off I went. Yeah, you know, and, and you went on to a lot of different things, you know, working, I guess, of course, you know, being a Disney show, uh, you know, doing a lot of different Disney things. And before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um, you know, we were talking, you actually were in a television movie before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for the Disney uh, company as well. Uh, you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Uh, well, it was a uh, Western based on a Louis L'Amour book um, uh, directed by Burt Kennedy, who was a old Western time uh, Western director who worked with the John Wayne and um, it was a uh, Jack Elam was in uh, was in it. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner. Um, it was uh, uh, Bart the Bear. I got to work with Bart the Bear. It was a lot of fun. That was actual. Uh, that was really a fun part to play. I went to uh, film to work on, and I uh, shot that up in Utah. And that was my first experience with Disney, and it was um, it was great. I had a great time. And um, then years later, a couple of years later, we uh, worked with them again on uh, Honey I Trunk the Kids. 
Right, you know, and that was back in 86. And then, you know, you fast forward to playing Russell Thompson, um, you know, in the Disney live action hit. Um, is that something where you ended up having to go through a cattle call or whatnot? Or, uh, or is that one of those things where they already had the part planned? They're like, we know who wants to do this. And uh, um, I guess what are your overall thoughts of when you were approached for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, seeing the script? Well, you know, it, it got it been it was uh, developed. It took it was in development for years prior to um, casting because of the uh, it took years to develop uh, the sets. Uh, they were uh, and the effects that they actually used on that. It was pretty impressive, and it was it was the last actually. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was sort of the last before they really went into digital and the digital age of what they can do now with their special effects. Um, really. Uh, and post optical, you know, then it was all um, practical, I and mean, they did all the special effects right there on green screen and um, a lot of camera work, and it was an old school way of doing it. And so they had been developing it for years before I got on board. Um, originally, they had another director attached to it, um, and if he had done the film, I probably wouldn't have. Um, but he stepped down, and I his name slips my mind right now. But and then um, that's when Joe Johnston came in, and luckily Joe liked me enough, and uh, the other powers that be, and it was great. Yeah, and like you said, that was the last, I guess, almost close to the end of actually building sets and animatronics. And, you know, me right. personally, um, as much as I love the digital age and I love technology and Blu-ray and, you know, things like Avatar, you name it, uh, there's something about having a physical prop there that I think brings more realism to it than you could ever imagine now. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was, um, it was I'm, gl I'm glad I got to experience it when I did because if I hadn't at that time in my life, um, I probably wouldn't have got to see it firsthand and work with guys like Thomas Smith, who came from ILM, George Lucas. I mean, you know, the, worked with the, some of the, the best in the business, who worked hand in hand with uh, George Lucas. They're the other ones who did that film, um, Joe Johnston was a protege of uh, Lucas. Um, went through the SC system uh, through George Lucas when he started the uh, uh, program at USC to put directors through, uh, filmmakers through, um, and um, George, uh, Joe Johnston was his first, uh, his first pick. He said, oh, send him, <laughs> and um, Joe Johnston has now gone, gone to become a great filmmaker. Right, you know, so and... It's, it's neat to, you know, and, and that was his first film, so it was, that was neat. I, I, you know, it's very cool to be able to see his work go on and see the director he has become. It's great. Well, I mean, you know, and being on those kind of sets and whatnot, I mean, you went ahead and uh, you created, you know, a memorable role with, with Russell Thompson and being on the set and taking all this in, um, I, I mean, especially at the age you were at, is that something that you were definitely aware, well aware of at the moment, knowing that you were, um, you know, experiencing all this uh, taking place all at once in terms of your career? Well, you know, it was different. It was because, you know, it's um, one thing about doing a film like that, and I think you talk to any actor who ever does any special effects movie, you know, the special effects become the star, and it's so easy for that to happen because that is the catalyst of the, you know, um, where you're, as an actor, you know, sometimes your performance is taken a backseat because if the effects work better in take one and your performance might not have it, you know, oh, well, the effects are going to be taking priority. We're going to take that one, you know. So in take two might have been your performance might have been better, but the effects weren't as good. So we're going to go with the, the, the effects because it's too hard. So you got to be on your game. I mean, you just have to focus on your character and you know be an actor and and stay and 
create something that's um, you know your own and personal, like any any project, and don't let the effects get so don't get wrapped up in the effects. You know, you stay keep those moment by moment. You know, keep it intimate and keep it a, a true story in terms of you know character. And it doesn't matter the situation, even if you're in the backyard of some jungle in the backyard shrunk. It doesn't matter. You know, it's all it's all irrelevant. Now, uh, you know, working with a lot of the people that were on the film, um, was it a, definitely a family atmosphere in terms of getting along with everybody, meshing? You know, working with people like Rick Moranis and Matt Frewer and, and things like that, is that one of those, uh, uh, I guess, did the cast get along pretty well uh, in terms of really meshing and making it seem like a family? Because when you guys were on set, um, I guess for a lot of the scenes when you're out there, it really seemed like everybody had this uh, camaraderie among them. We we all actually did get along. Uh, we all got along great. Um, the um, I mean Matt is great. He was he's just a <laughs> he's a lot of fun. Matt's a great guy right off the bat. He's um, Rick is um, so he's so different. He's so mellow. He's so you know he's a very intelligent guy, very bright, uh, and, and you know he he knows how to turn it on and knows how to turn it off. And to watch him work is so interesting. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Amy and Jared and Robert. We all got along like brothers and sisters. I mean, honestly, we were together for you know. You're not close to anybody for six months. You know, you you, <laughs> you, you have your spats here and there. <laughs> you know, you know, we're like you know that's how you know we're all brothers and sisters kind of. That's how it was, and it was great. But, you know, we're all um. We actually uh, still I still see Amy sometimes here and there. I just saw Amy actually a couple months ago, and it was nice to see her again. Uh, so it was, uh, and I knew Amy actually going into the, sh- the film, so it was a lot of fun then because we already knew each other, and so we were able to uh, just become better friends. Definitely. Now, uh, you know, with the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise, uh, before we move on to other things, of course, it created a huge buzz with, you know, sequels. It had a theme park attraction at MGM Studios at the time with the oversized play sets. And uh, um, did you really expect the film to take off as much as it did in terms of, I guess it really is a franchise when there were so many sequels afterwards, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of sequels, but it really did become its own monster in that aspect. Did you ever expect that? (laughs) One word, no. No, absolutely not. I, I was blown away. I, I was, I was, I was blown away when I saw the film. Honestly, I, doing the film, it was one thing. Um, but with seeing it, I was like, "Wow, I was, this is actually good. <laughs> this is really good." You know, because you don't see what they were doing, all that stuff that they were working on, and those effects. You know, it was, uh, and um, I didn't realize that they were going to keep going with it and to the success and it has, and to still have a, the longevity it has. It's. You know, it's it's one of those films that will always be a part of who I am, really, because it it, it babysat a lot of kids. You know, there's a lot of kids who sat and watched that movie over and over again growing up. You know, and that's um, it's me. It's actually it's pretty neat to to know that um, that movie is still appreciated after all these years. Well, you know, and that's going to lead me right into my next question. Is that one of those uh, films that, you know, every once in a while you go back and you watch it or if you catch it on TV, do you ever just stop and look back and uh, and just take that moment of uh, reliving that past? No, it's so hard to go back, especially so hard to watch a performance you did anyway. <laughs> when, you do, when you go back and you watch yourself as a young child, as you say you're younger, you know, it's even harder. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at me. I was just a young ragamuffin there. Look at me, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, it's hard for me to, you know. That, you see it every once in a while, and it's like, all right, all right. 
I, I saw enough. I saw enough. I'm, I'm either change it or I'm leaving the room. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, it's uh, but that's is most of the films. You know, all the projects I've done. So it doesn't you know too busy that. too busy critiquing yourself. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know. Now, uh, you know, I guess uh, moving right along in terms of, you know, films like that, uh, Hollywood is full of remakes right now, tons of them, which, you know, everything gets remade at some time, I give it that. But uh, I don't know if you caught wind of the rumor or not, but they are thinking of remaking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or as they like to use the famous phrase now, reboot, which basically means uh, it's going to be nothing like it, but we're going to use the name. Uh, I guess, do you have any feelings towards that, of them remaking that kind of film, or is that something where you think it should just be left alone as a Disney classic? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I like everybody. I have my opinions about remakes, and, or re, re, rebooting, or re, rebooting, is that what you said? Yes, rebooting is uh, what I like to call, when they call it a remake, but really it has nothing to do with it at all. They're just using the name. <laughs> yeah, and that's reasonable. It's a franchise. It's whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. I mean, sometimes, you know, not my call anyway, so it's fine. I mean, I, I um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could probably do something really cool with it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure that they, and hopefully that they do. If they do do it, I hope that they actually, uh, you know, um, live up to what it should be then, I guess. So, yeah, I think it's a interesting uh, concept. I didn't hear it until you said it, but, um, yeah. I think so. I, I guess I guess I can see where you're coming from. If they do it right, they could definitely do it uh, much like they did the Parent Trap remake when they did that. And you know, you have a whole new generation of kids that has a great story to grow up with. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there's, there's times when people, you know, because it could get buried, and there's a nice story, and it could get buried in the history of you know all, all things. If, if you don't redo a lot of things, and some generations might never see it. I mean, we're 20 years away. I mean, yeah, I guess there's probably. I, you know, it's for little children. I mean, I guess it would be reasonable to do a remake, and you could do it really cool. So I hope that they do. I hope that they do do it right if they do it. Now, uh, you know, moving aside from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and things like that, you know, you are well accomplished in, in, in your career, you know, and you've done a variety of films, you know, from old, new, Roxy Carmichael, you've had, uh, you know, you were in Pearl Harbor as one of the pilots and a variety of television roles. Um, is, is there anything you like to, pre you prefer better, doing film, doing television, doing live stage? Is there something you're drawn to more uh, being an actor uh, than another? Well, yeah, just my nature. Uh, I, I like to be out of out on the field a lot. I like to be out. And films allow me to 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 do new and th new things every day. It doesn't. There's no. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get stagnant um, for me, which is what I like. Um, which draws me to film. Um, film is definitely something I have a passion for. Um, being at a you know western. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's the old, get to go out and play cowboys and Indians. <laughs> How much fun is that? Right, you know, and, and like you said, you like to be out and be, you know, on the field doing things, hands-on, and you're, you're also currently a co-producer, an actor, first director in an upcoming thriller that's, uh, you know, right now taking place called uh, The Mooring, uh, I guess... Yep. What is, uh, I guess, what's all this project about? You know, because I'm a big fan of thrillers. So uh, when I read about that, I'm like, okay, now i got to ask him about this and see what it's all about. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you'll have to see it. It's a thrill. I can't, I can't tell you too much. You know, it's, um, <laughs> you know you got you to get you in, and then it's got to take you on a story. So if I, if I start telling you too much, I, I know me. I'll, I'll say too much. So 
I'll, I'll let it lie. And uh, when it comes out, you just got to go see it. Okay. So I've done that Glenn Withrow, who's a, who's a, he's a veteran actor, been around in the business for a long time. He's great. Um, and he's done a really good job in this uh, project. So I'm excited about it, actually. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you'll definitely enjoy it. Very good. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm a big thriller fan. You know, it doesn't have to be a hardcore horror or anything like that. A good thriller keeping you at the edge of your seat makes a really good film. You know, it, yeah, it's um, yeah. And this is and this has actually got a uh, he's he's doing a real good job about keeping it at a, at a tone that is um, within reason. And I and I uh, I do appreciate that um, and what he's doing. And um, so it's, a, it's it's good. I'm I'm excited about it. It's a fun project. It's, a, it's definitely fun to work on. Now stepping aside. What, and then it was nice because I was able to work with a friends of mine. You know, that was what was so great about. It. That's what I love about this is to being able to work with the people I get to work with as a filmmaker. And 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 it's a blessing just to be involved with some of the projects I have been involved with. Um, so that's what's great. Now, uh, stepping aside from acting and, and whatnot, uh, you know, we were doing some digging on you, of course. We had to do our research before we talked with you, and uh, you're also a master carpenter. Uh, I guess, is that something you wanted to pursue? Were you looking at maybe bringing your hand into building sets on, and props and things like that in production end? Or what, what led you to want to become a master carpenter? Or is it something you just fell into? Uh, like you know, it's uh, it's that comes from my family. I come from a uh, you know a ranch family, a hardworking family. Uh, I like to use my hands. I like to um, build things. I like um, architecture. I like um, there's a, there's a certain amount of satisfaction of doing physical work that uh, film doesn't allow doesn't give me. It's still, uh, film is different medium and it allows me to do certain things, uh, but just kind of being a, a real person and learning a true trade in life uh, has been, I love it. I love being a carpenter. I love the smell of wood. I like, it gives me time to just reflect. And, uh, yeah, I know it's uh, something that's been in my family for years. My, uh, my, my father was a carpenter. My grandfather's a carpenter. Uh, so it goes back just uh, many generations. So it's something I, uh, I will continue so, all right, being a carpenter, what would you consider the uh, the absolute um, cream of the crop, the you know Mercedes of all woods to to have in your home? Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't know. I like well, you got to inlay wood. You can't just have all one wood. You got to do, you know, you, you you have a variation of hardwoods throughout your home. Uh, you know, nice mahogany doors are always beautiful because they're uh, the doors. Mahogany is a great front door, you put that in your front door, you start there, then you put walnut floors down, uh, you could you could go on and on, and zebra wood is a beautiful coffee table, um, but you know, it's, um, it's, wood is one of those things, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect the trees that they grow from, in the same sense, you, it's, uh, the commodity of our world, you know, and that's, um, that's something that I believe in it, you know, it's, um, you know, you can't, so it is something that's, um, that is a resource that once taken, you have to be selective and make sure it gets back. Definitely. You know, and I think uh, woodworking and carpentry done right, you're going to get uh, something that's going to really last in your home. It's going to be beautiful. And uh, something that I love is the, the smell when you walk into a really well-done uh, home. You know, you leave for a couple of hours, you come back, you get that, that wonderful whiff of air, you know? 
Yep, you get a beautiful uh, cedar and closets, and you have uh, just the, the, the wood. I mean, it's, and it represents a home. You know, that's the whole. It's, it's it's all about at the end of the day. You know, you want to have a home, and you have something that you. Uh, for me, it's giving me the ability to to make a home for my family, and my, and and that it's something that I can touch and feel a daily basis, and you know, and um, leave my children, and and that's um that's a, that's, a, that's what it's really all about. At the end of the day. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, home life and things like that, I don't want to dig too deep, but, uh, you know, we're based out of Wisconsin, of course, so it's ever cold and, and snowy around here most of the time. Um, but uh, it seems like you really love the outdoors as well. It, you know, you love something, you know, do you love skiing? Do you love the outdoors? Do you, you, do you love just being outside with the fresh air um, in, in that kind of environment, just, uh, you know, just soaking up everything that nature has to offer? I am a big outdoorsman. I it, if I go a couple weeks, I mean a week or two. If I'm in, uh, uh, we live in Huntington Beach, which is beautiful. I mean, we have to, I get surf right here. It's great. Um, it's got, you know, I go up a couple hours. I'm up in the mountains. Um, but uh, if yeah, if, it, if I go if I'm out getting out and seeing big vistas and big views, I, I I'm getting real cabin fever. Uh, I love the mountains, and the colder the better. I have a, and I was born in December 27th, so I, I, I guess uh, in Wyoming. So snow is uh, a big part of who I am. I think I think it's uh, ingrained in my uh, psyche. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel the same way being uh, being born in February in Wisconsin. So it's just constant oh, yeah. snow. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Exactly. You got And you and, and to live up there, you gotta love it. You got. If you, if you don't, you gotta get out. And uh, oh, I love it. Alaska. Would be beautiful. I, I'd go to Alaska. You know. I, I have to tell myself sometimes, no, you just can't disappear into Alaska. <laughs> just, just, uh, just, just hang tight. You'll be all right. We'll go up there for a little bit and come back home. So <laughs> that's what I do. So that's how I, I get it out. Right. Yeah. It's it's always good to disappear for that little bit. You know, I do the same thing, and we're doing the same thing this weekend. Take the family, disappear in the woods for a while, and come back to reality afterwards. Yeah. Go out and fly fish, or go out, you know, go out and uh, big time skier, uh, rock climbing. Um, just getting out and just being, uh, just being sitting still and listening to the wind. That's a beautiful thing, and that's it. I believe everybody should do it as much as possible. Definitely. Now, you know, uh, before we close things out here, of course, you know, I know a lot of a lot of our listeners out there, a lot of the Disney children, whatnot. You know, you've done so many different things, so many different projects. Uh, a well-rounded individual, of course, I do have to say, you know, I, I'm envious in a way. But, you know, all of our listeners that are part of the Disney community are going to remember you as Russell Thompson, the big brother, um, the person they looked up to. Uh, is there anything you'd like to leave as just one final word to any of our Disney On Demand listeners? Oh, well, I, I, you're going to see me in a lot more stuff. I've, I've um, taken a new chapter in my life. I'm pretty excited about a lot of the projects I've actually gotten to work. So you're going to... Um, You'll remember me as Russell Thompson, but you'll probably remember me as many more characters to come because that's what, uh, that's what, what uh, it's about making movies. And, that's, you know, and, and you never know what people are going to love and what they're not. So that's the whole thing. We just make projects, make films, and get them out there and let people decide if they like them and, and if they don't. Very cool. And, uh, you know, all of our listeners are going to be able to find you on IMDb, Wikipedia. Is there any other place on the web that they could get more information about you? Um, any other place that they could, you know, find out upcoming releases, whatnot, uh, you know, other than IMDb or Wikipedia? Or is that the best resource? That's the best resource. Uh, yeah, it's the best resource. I, as of right now, I, I think that that's, yeah, that's 
I don't really have a website. I don't have my own personal website. I, enough information out there on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, well, good, Jonathan. I do appreciate talking to you. Um, thank you for all your all your listeners and all uh, bless them and uh, thank you for uh, their support. Disney loves, uh, you know, has always loved their audience, and I, I, I do amend Disney for the for the quality of work that they've done for so many great films and. They do. They continue to make great movies, and that's um, that's that's definitely. You know, it was our pleasure having you on. You know, pleasure speaking with you, and uh, you know, uh, I know I'm going to be looking for you now on the screen everywhere I turn. I'm like, all right. Oh where yeah, definitely, man. Maybe we'll, we'll see each other and hook up. We'll see each other again in the future. Never know. So thank you, thank you once again. Why does he ask you how? Why does he ask you how? Once the engine didn't know all the things that he know now, but the engine he sure learned a lot, and it's all from asking how. We translate for you. On the beach, what on the beach, and on the beach, and on Zelinski, get to drop in and join us. Don't worry, this baby stops on a dime. Anybody got a dime? Okay, aim it towards me. Hit it! Dad, you need some help? Dad? Is he all right? He's okay, he's back to normal. Size, anyway. Over here. That's all right, Ed. Gotta work out a couple of kinks in that thing, but otherwise it flies beautifully. Oh, uh, sorry for the delay, everybody.
Alright Disney fans, so I hope you enjoyed this shrunk down and oversized edition of Disney On Demand. I want to thank our special guest once again in Thomas Brown for stopping in and sharing his memories and fun from the set of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Definitely pick it up on DVD and look for all of his newest and upcoming projects and you can find all those on imdb.com as well. Thank you once again, Thomas, for stopping in. Now, all of you Disney fans, I'm going to leave you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. Now, first and foremost, you can always find us on DisneyBlue.net, our official website, where you can visit all the past episodes of Disney On Demand, as well as listen to our Listen to a Disney Movie Player, found right there on the homepage, and that's exclusively at DisneyBlue.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, on Skype at DisneyBlue, on AOL Instagram messenger at rfr podcast or you can email me directly at disneyblue at att.net also you can find me on the forums on the message boards at srsounds.com so disney fans it has been a fun jam-packed week once again and definitely stay tuned because next week we are taking a trip to outer space yes we are going back in time we're going up and at them as we're going to have Kim Richards from Escape to Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain, and of the upcoming new series on Bravo, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, stopping in here on Disney On Demand next week. So until next week, I am your host, Jonathan Johnson, once again, and have a magical week in high definition. Log on, leave it on. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com
Jonathan Johnson on SorcererRadio, srsounds.com.